and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Hey, listen, let's open up our Bibles to Haggai 1, the book of Haggai. It's page um, 1152. That's my Bible. How many of you were here last week when we started this, this, this conversation about having a houses of glory? We, we began to speak about what it looked like, and this is really what God has, has called us to as a body. As a, and I, I just want to speak for a few moments today, and then I want to come. This is a season of agreement. Say agreement. agreement. This is a season of agreement. Agreement means coming into one accord with what he's saying. It's as, as God is speaking, we're not only receiving the word, we're coming into agreement, into alignment, into, it's like if, if, if God was speaking and it was a single line, we are getting into file with what he's doing. And that's what he's asking us to do as a church, to get into one single line and to follow his leadership. Are you alive? To follow his leadership, to listen to his voice. And so listen, there is a difference. Oh, where's where's my phone? Let me have my phone. I think I'm going to use this at some point. There is a difference between you having a word from the Lord and you becoming that word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Many people, they carry what God is saying. God will touch them. You'll experience his love. But the ultimate goal of experience his love is to become love. And so as the only way for you to protect what God has said yesterday is to listen to what he's saying today. It it preserves. it's It's like if you really value what I said, you'll step into what I'm saying. It's this. It's That's what he's doing with our body. He's building history with us as a corporate family, as a corporate community. He's wanting to build history with us corporately, but also individually. I said this last week, as as we begin to expand the prayer room, as we invite men, last Wednesday night, something happened in the prayer room that has never happened. Like, I don't know if you understand this. There are times as we're pursuing the Lord that you break through barriers. You break through walls. Something was broken. I mean, we were here at 830 and it was like they were they were just pressing in a group of people. And then the Lord said, listen, the only way to preserve what's happening in here is to direct it out. So we begin to lay hands on two different churches that are meeting today that God would crash in. But but what 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 am I saying? The only reason I believe that happened is because we were we're stepping into what he said. God, you said house of prayer. God, you said more. God, you said expand your territory. Now, if we believe what he said, it has to affect how we walk. There there is some kind of a shift that has to happen for us to step in as a corporate people. I don't care what community you're in. I don't care what church you're a part of. If you're just visiting, he wants to use you. The way the glory, like, like, let's, let's talk about this. What does it mean to be a house of glory? Because some of us, we hear that and we think like, that means, well, maybe it's like when God, like when a fog comes into the room. Right? Like when God comes and he manifests, houses of glory are people who behold him. It's a people who have become singular. It's it's a singular decision. And this is hard. I'm not going to lie to you because because I know that the world we live in, it's vying for your attention. And the busier it gets and the more pressure that comes, the more cemented you have to become in your yes. That's why as a church, you know, to have a church like this, it takes us saying no to a lot of things. 
It takes us sitting in a room and saying, I know that, I know that there's a need for this, but we're just going to sink our feet in this one thing. And we're going to trust him in the process. Could we have more programs teach? Yes. But God said prayer room. But God said, I want you, I want to captivate a people with my presence. And it's like I said, it's not because he's a narcissist. It's not because he needs attention. It's because he is the best thing for you. He is the remedy to your problem. You're like, well, I don't have a problem. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Because in the book of Revelations, you find the people who they were blind, naked, and wretched, but they didn't see it. And so the only thing that protects us from stepping into a blindness, a spiritual blindness, is that we remain in humility and anchored in him. That we allow him. This is not a yoke. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your Christian life. Do you, boo-boo. But do it connected to him. Make sure he is your life source. Come on. What, what, we got to ask ourselves, what in the world are we connected to? What, what, what are we anchored in? And if we're going to say we're a house of glory, that has to look like something. We're like, well, 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 we need more word. No, you need more Jesus. You need more Jesus. We've been sermonized enough. We've heard enough, and, and it hasn't led us to the person. And so every worship song, this is how we funnel success. Did he come, and did he stay? Did he come? Because a lot of times he comes. But the quickest way to lose him, you're like, you can never lose him, I promise you. There have been times where we've been in rooms, and I believe he is, he is drawing us in, but we're too busy with our schedules to entertain the person that we're singing about. And so he's drawing us back, and he's delivering us. This is for you individually. I want you to hear, it's not just as a church, it's individually. For you to have a full yes for him means there has to be a lot of other notes. They're like, that's religion. It's not, it's love. There were certain freedoms I had as a single man that when I said yes to destiny, I lost. She says, say it loud. <laughs> there were certain things that the moment I said yes to her, were no, I, just, I just knew they were just no longer going to be a part of my life. And me saying yes to that looks like adultery. And so I, I'm zealous for this because I believe, I want to I, I open up this book, the book of Haggai 1, and I want to read because there was a call for the people of God to build something. And what they're rebuilding was the Temple of Solomon. The, the Temple of Solomon was something that was birthed in David's heart. David had, David had a dream to build God a house, but, but God told him, it can't happen through you, it's going to happen through your son. So Solomon builds this house and it was destroyed and the people were exiled. But then after 70 years, they come back into Jerusalem and they're given a mandate. Will you rebuild my house? I want you to know if you're sitting in a seat in this house, this is what God has called us to. They're like, well, what about the lost? What's the point of reaching the lost if there's not a house that glorifies him? If the ultimate goal of the church is discipleship, he is the best discipler. So we're building, and this was the call, to build him a house. But I want, you to, I want you to hear the response of the people. This is what the Lord of the Heavens Army is saying. The people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Let me say it again. 
The people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of God is saying. Look at what has happened to you. Another translation says this, watch. It says, set your heart on your ways. Like, look, look at the path that your life is going on, and I want you to connect your heart to that. Don't be numb. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but you are thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. Your wages, they disappear as you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Then he says again, look at what's happening to you. Then he gives them a mandate, go up to the hills, bring down timber, and he's giving them a mandate to go back to what he had originally spoken to them. What happened? A people were freed and called back home from exile, and they started to build. The reality is there was the foundation. I believe prophetically this is where we're at as a house. We've been here four years. We've been abide for two or so. And for the last, the last couple of years, it's been about setting a foundation, Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. But as they were building the foundation of the temple, they grew weary because there was pressure. Things didn't pan out the way they thought. It didn't happen with the acceleration that they thought it was going to happen with. And they grew disinterested with God's dream. So what did they turn to? Man, this is not America. What did they turn to? In the weariness of building them a house, they started to build their own homes. Wow. Now listen, I'm not talking about your physical home. I want you to be blessed. I want listen, Buy you a 13-room home. I don't care. The issue that was happening was they made their life about them and they forgot about him. The issue that was happening is in the, in the complacency, in the place of losing God's heart, why did, they want, why did God want to rebuild a temple? Because he wanted to dwell among them. Do you not see the whole point of the whole thing was I want to be in the midst of my people. It wasn't about how good or bad they were. It wasn't about following a list of religious rules. I want to dwell at the center of them. Talked about this last week. God wants to dwell in the, middle, in the midst of a Levitical community that exalts him. A people that are captivated by tending to his presence day and night, night and day. You're like, well, I don't know how I could do that all day. Start with five minutes. Set a timer for Jesus. I give you five minutes. Anything we put in the hands of Jesus is automatically multiplied. It's not addition. It's multiplication. And so these people are engaged with building him a house, but they couldn't get past the foundation because they had made. And so watch this. This is powerful. He says, now go up to the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then, say then. then. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored. Building him a house honors him. They're like, no, 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 it's about salvation. Building him a house honors him. Amen. You hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Did you hear that? What if... What if the goodness of God in your life in this season looks like him blowing things out of your life that are stopping you from being fully engaged with him? God would never do that. Every 
everything that they gave themselves to that they tried. They tried to accrue riches. They tried to drink, but they were thirsty. They ate, but they were... What? There was no satisfaction in anything they set their hearts on. And it was mercy. Do you hear me? It was mercy because on the inside, they were empty. There's some of you in this room. We wouldn't admit it, but we feel empty. And you think it's because you don't have that job or you're missing favor. It's because... God is wooing you. He's calling you to be heart-to-heart connected to him. Me and my wife were in ministry school together for two years. Eight to five every day. Every day. It was was amazing. And sometimes I would get out of school and I would go home and she says, I miss you. I'm like, how do you miss me? I know I'm a missable guy. I know. But I'm like, I'm like, we've, we've been together all day. What was she saying without saying? There's a difference between being there and being there. You can come to a church, you can come to abide for the next 20 years and be in the midst of people who know him and still be disconnected. Something can still be missing from the equation. You're like, well, I'm, gonna, well, I'm just going to go to a church that's really hungry. It's just, it's just not hungry. They just don't have enough programs. That's not it. He's the remedy. <laughs> I'm trying, boo. <laughs> not only, not only, oh, because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord, when all of you are busy building your own fine houses. I want you to catch this. This is, whew. he says this in verse 10. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. Not the the sinners. Hello. Oh, we need to shake the. He said, it's you. Man, the darkness is growing in the earth. The earth was withholding the dew, which is the blessing, because the people of God were not in alignment. I'm telling you, this is beautiful because what he's saying on the other side is if you get in alignment, what anything is possible. You don't believe that. Anything is possible. When we get in alignment with him, what begins to happen? 15 churches in Tampa say, let's cancel Pentecost Sunday and let's lift them up. When we get in alignment, people start showing up in prayer rooms and crying before the Lord. And he begins to heal hearts and shift regions. You understand we're, we're planting seeds today for tomorrow. I stopped looking at the moment in the moment. I began to understand what I'm doing today is going to affect the month from now. And so I'm not moved by the moment because I'm sowing seeds in the ground. This will change your paradigm because it'll free you from giving an offering and thinking in 30 minutes, he's got to give it back. It'll free you. You begin to plant seeds in the ground and you begin to anchor your feet and he's faithful. So I wrote the name on the wall and I haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. Hmm. Man, I feel this. It's because of you I have called for a drought in the fields and the hills, a drought to wither. But then there's an obedience, right? In in verse 12, the people respond. They respond to the call to obedience to give them back. And the Lord says this, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, this is verse 13, gave the people this message. I am with you, says the Lord. And then the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of the people. Of Joshua and Zerubbabel. I think that's how you say it. And they began to work. So I want you to see that 
that the moment they said yes, the Lord sparked. That word sparked is to stir. It's like the moment they, they turned their heart, the Lord graced them to start building again. It wasn't just like, oh, I got to labor. It's like the moment they turned, this, this Christian life is all about that, isn't it? It's, it's a constant turning. It's not about sin. It's not about good. It's a constant turning of the heart. It's a con I'm not even going to use the word repent because it's been prostituted. It's a turning of my affection. It's a like, God, I choose you. I choose again at five o'clock. I choose you at night before I go to bed. I choose. It's a turning. And in that place, what he's saying is I will be with you. I will stir. It's to stir, to awaken, to rouse, to excite, to wake up. That's what he did to the people. He sparked their enthusiasm. And then in chapter two, so he's dealing in chapter one with disinterest, apathy. But then in, in chapter two, something different happens. Because they begin to build the house. Are you okay? They begin to build the house. And in the midst of building the house, there was a group of people that they had been in Solomon's temple. There had never been anything built. You understand, in Solomon's time, they were so rich, they didn't know what to do with silver, they just threw it on the side of the road. That's the power of having a house in the midst of the people. You know, in Awaken the Dawn, they went to D.C. For, th for three days in worship, and the police came to the, to the event and said, I don't know what you're doing, but we haven't had any crime in two days. You don't believe it? I'm telling you. I don't get the whole prayer room thing. What are we doing? We have to sow in the land before we see the harvest. Yes. I'm trying, bro. Chapter two is a different problem because there were people that had been in Solomon's temple and it had been destroyed. So in the midst of building God's temple, in the midst of rebuilding, the thought that was in their head was, we'll never be able to do it like Solomon. Some of y'all in this room, you're stuck because you're looking at a season in your life and you're saying, I can never get back to that. You're looking at seasons of your life where you think that's what it looked like to be burning and on fire. That's what it looked like for me to engage with the Lord. And I don't have that anymore. So in the midst of that, you've grown weary and you've stopped building. I'm not talking about a body. I'm talking about your heart. And God comes to them and he confronts the problem. And he says, stop focusing on what was and fix your eyes on what is. Look at what I'm doing. And he speaks to them. And I love this. The Bible calls them a remnant people. And he says this, and to the remnant of God's people in the land, does anyone remember this house, this temple and its former, former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem, say seem, seem. because not all things are as they seem. The seem there was their assumption of what was coming. They didn't have the capacity to see what God was really wanting to do. It, it seems like nothing, but now the Lord says, be strong. Say, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong, all you people still left in the land, and now get to work. For I am with you, says the Lord, and my spirit remains among you. What does he say? Be strong and acknowledge that my presence is with you. For you to gird up your loins, strengthen yourself, and let the pity party go. Huh. A lot of people looking down. In the midst 
of building, they grew weary. They became discouraged because they say, we can never get back to that. It's not about getting back to that. Listen, if you're not careful, what happened yesterday will rob you of what God's doing tomorrow in many different ways. Well, God did it this way before. He's not. He's a new thing, God. So then he says this to them. For this is what I say. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land, and I will shake the nations. And the treasures of all nations will be brought to this temple. For me, what does that look like? The harvest board. He's going to shake heaven and earth. I don't know what you felt in 2020, but I felt shaken. I felt I had dreams about trees shaking. It was a shaking, but the shaking was for a purpose. Do you hear me? The shaking was for a purpose. He says, I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's army. It's, 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 he's saying this, that the glory of what's coming is going to be greater than the glory that was. Meaning that, that for you personally, I don't want to just put it in the context of abide. God's doing amazing things here and I'm thankful. But I wanted to put it in the context of your little life and my little life. That where I'm going is greater than where I was. And if that's tied to a microphone, if that's tied to money, come on, let's, let's talk about this. What, is it, what, what does God's love mean to you? How does it flow? Does it flow to you if he heals you when you think you should be healed? If you get the house, the job, that you, is, that, is that what God's love looks like in our life? It's quiet. But he found a people that not only became discouraged, but they became dissatisfied. I don't have time to, I don't have time to go into it, but, but what began to happen is they built the temple, they received the word, and dissatisfaction hit them because they wanted years and years, 70 years to be reversed in three months. So the Lord says to them, listen, if you have something unclean and it touches something that's clean, does it, does it make it unclean? Yes. And he asked them the question, if you have something holy and it touches something that's unclean, does it make it holy? And they said, no. What's the point? The, the point was that there would be a time, there would be, there would be a time where everything that had happened would be reversed. But, but there was a time. There was a season where the people needed to wait on God. This is where we're at, church. This is where we're at. It's like we can't be dissatisfied, discouraged. You wrote a name on the board and you're like, I thought it was good. Don't be discouraged. Be strong. Get to work. Be strong. It's not wait. I'm not asking you to join a ministry team. Be strong. Get to work. That, that means, when you hear that, that has to mean something to you. It has to mean, this is what God is calling to as a body. Consecration. Consecration. We'll say it both ways. Con, that means a setting apart. Man, I just don't get what they're trying to do. I just feel this connection. Consecration. For some of us, consecration looks like not being able to watch certain things that you may be able to watch. This is what we have to dismantle. I'm not telling you you can't watch Netflix. I'm not telling you you can't drink or not drink. What I'm saying is everything that you do be funneled through this, this lens. Does it bring me closer to the feet of Jesus? like, man, that's too loose. No, the flip side of that is religion. 
So, so the tension, the line has to be, am I connected to him? This is what he's trying to build. And he's beckoning us as a community. As a community, will you give of yourself to help build something that's bigger than you? If your whole life is centered around you, it will all die with you. All of it, all of it, all of it. You see this in the life of Saul, man. The, the life of Saul, he says, when he died, he had built a monument unto himself because he had no sons to give anything to. That's the end game of you making your life all about you. You build monuments to yourself, it's all you're left with. Your house isn't gonna go with you on the other side of glory, neither is your car. The only thing you get to take with you is souls. That's it. But, but, but here's what I want to say. You can't save them. <laughs> you can't. You, they could repeat all the words you say, repeat after me. But until the person of Jesus plants that seed in their heart, it's nothing. 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 So the only way, the only way, say only. <laughs> the only way we can transform a region is to find ourselves in intimacy with him. So when we run into people that need him, we have something to give them better than two sentences that we memorized. <clears throat> Let's stand. <clears throat> Will you help me, Cubby? I just want to give a moment to respond and then I'll, I'll let Prophetic Company come up. I need you to catch this. What we do today affects tomorrow. This is so very important because some of us, we're about to enter into prayer and we'll get caught up in, I didn't feel anything. This is the trap of, of the Pentecostal thing. I didn't feel anything, so nothing must have happened. And in that place of doubt, what the enemy does is he, 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 he robs the seed and it bears no fruit because God operates through faith. And faith looks like me declaring something and standing firm in that. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Meaning I remain anchored and I hold on to something that looks like nothing until it becomes something. I just, I clench onto that. So I, I want us to pray for a moment and I just want you to close your eyes. I, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do like a normal call. Prophet, I'll let prophetic company do whatever they feel. But I do want us to identify this. I wonder if, if like in the book we read, those two chapters, if there's people in this room that you got caught up. You got caught up trying to build. And in the midst of building your thing, you lost his thing. This can look so many different ways. This, look, this could look like the enemy planting something in your life that looks like a good thing, but it's distracting you from the main thing. Or maybe you're in the room. I felt this one particularly, man. You've been discouraged because you look at your life and you're like, how can I ever get back to that? I want to say to you, it's not about getting back to that. 
It's not about getting back to that. It's about finding yourself at his feet today. It's not about getting back to that. Where is he at today? So Father, right now, I silence the voice of the enemy in every person's life that would come to accuse. Father, I thank you that you never accuse, you draw. You need to hear that. He never accuses, he only draws. Father, I ask that you would identify the, the places in our lives that we have put before you and that we would have the grace to turn. 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 And Father, for those that are discouraged, they look at their lives and they feel like, I, I just, I'm not accomplishing anything. I feel that, man. I feel like there are people that just like, I'm just not doing anything. And you're trying to muster things up. And the more you muster, the more discouraged you become. your heart when you drop the expectation of what it should look like and he can give you what it actually looks like so father right now I speak over every heart that healing would flow healing would flow I thank you that you're drawing you're wooing Songs of Solomon, there's, there's, it's a book that talks about the Shulamite. It's a woman who's being captivated by this man. And the first few chapters deal with him pursuing her. Him pursuing her. Him pursuing her. And then about midway through the book, it shifts from her saying, where's my beloved? The whole, the whole narrative shifts. And it stopped, it stopped being about him pursuing her. And her heart says, where is my beloved? And I, I feel that's going to happen. As you're honest and vulnerable, God's been pursuing you, but something in your heart is saying, where's my beloved? And he'll meet you there. God, I ask that you would change the narrative. Can we just worship for just a moment, Cubby, whatever you want. Just, just respond for a second. Just don't get lost. Just for a second. Listen, some of you that have felt that, you need to come forward and just posture yourself before the Lord. Discouragement, disappointment, apathy, just come and kneel before the Lord. And our prophetic company is going to pray, but just come. I feel that where is my beloved? You can just come forward. Sweet. 
They're going to come around. Lift it high. There's somebody back there. Yes, right here. High so we can see. And if it's that, 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 that's you, that's fine. That's not you. But Father, right now, we pray, God, that you would, that you would break through and break in. God, I thank you that you give us a tender and responsive heart. And it's not about emotionalism. It's not about conjuring up something. It's about our heart being connected to your heart. So, Father, we break every word that has caused us to isolate and insulate. That has caused us, Father, to close our hearts off. The discouragement, God. I even feel somebody's like, God, where are you? God, where are you in this situation? God, where are you in this situation? Man, Father, I speak faith over them right now. Father, draw near. Draw near. It says you are near to the brokenhearted. You are close to those whose spirits are crushed. So, Father, we ask for hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. It is a tree of life. So, Father, we declare, we declare peace and hope. Peace and hope. Faith. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Father, break through every wall. I just see it. He's breaking through every wall. Just let him in. Let him in. Don't close off. Let him in. Oh, you rip. <laughs> you don't leave us broken. You don't leave us broken. You don't leave us broken. Father, every lie, man, I just feel that. He's going to uproot lies. You got to let it go. He doesn't open hands. He takes it when we open. Father, the church hurt. Every word that has been spoken over people due to church hurt. We repent as leaders for violating. He wants to heal that, man. The church hurt. He wants to heal it. He wants to heal it. This isn't about a church, it's about a person. Go deep, God. Just a few minutes longer, will you pray with me? Come on, just pray. Father, we pray for encounters. Encounters for every person, God. Something that you could only do. And we release, we release every expectation. Oh yeah. Come on, there's expectations that have been tied. Father, we release every expectation. Man, I feel that so strong. The church, Father, for every person in this room that has been hurt by church. Father, on behalf of those pastors, I repent. Man, I know I was there. Father, we ask that you would release from that prison. Release from that prison. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God, you have all of us. We are solely and only yours. Teach us to be fully given. 
Teach us to be fully given. Oh, let's just let's just end with I surrender all. Can we? Can you get there from there? I surrender all. simply ask for every person in this room that you would help our, our words and our actions line up. There's a grace for that. You don't have to try. You just ask him, Jesus, help my words and my actions line up. Let's surrender look like something more than a song. Father, I bless every person in this room. Father, I pray that you would ignite a hunger on the inside of them. Ignite a hunger on the inside of them. Oh, ignite a hunger, God. Ignite a hunger, God. Ignite a hunger, God. Just ask Him. Make me hungry, God. Make us hungry, God. Stir. Oh, make us hungry, God. In the morning and night, make us hungry. Oh, that you would become food. That your word would become life. Make us Bible people. Let us be in your word, God. Father, I pray a blessing over their children. I pray over every prodigal right now. I thank you that you are pursuing and you are chasing them, God. I pray for their homes, that it would be a place of peace, a place of joy. 
I pray over their finances, God, that they would prosper in everything their hands touch as they follow you and make you only. God, we pray for this house and this community that you would keep us, that you would keep us centered around the person of Jesus. Let everything else fall away. You and you alone. You and you alone. I thank you for every person in this house. And I thank you that whether they feel it or not, you are at work. Let's just declare that you are at work. You are at work. We honor you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 Give God a hand.